0: Hey everybody, welcome to one of the final episodes of Adela Marcy Unplugged I'm honored to be joined by three men that I respect the hell out of At different stages of my own journey and their journey And I thought we'd bring us all together to have a little bit of fun uh, You may have known or remember these three guests You got my good old friend John McIntyre down from Australia checking in John, hey, hey. He's got a mouthful of water What's right now So just going straight yeah. for it <laughs> yeah 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 what's up Uh, on the other side uh closer to me uh, just across the very nice little lake we call the english channel is my good brother uh from another mother linus the rylander himself um of course joining in thanks for being here bro yeah yeah and of course, the last, uh, last but not least, the warrior man himself, the wild man, as we like to call him from time to time, my brother from another mother, of course, out in the U.S., the one and only Roman czar. And I'm not going to try and pronounce his surname because I don't have it in front of me. And Zardyansky.
1: Ah, huh. really good, bro. Yeah. It's very, fucking it's very impressive for an African. <laughs> I know.
0: Right. Tell me about it.
1: <laughs> Wait, how do you
0: pronounce your surname? Just curious because I, if I fuck this up. Zardiansky. Okay, okay, I'm not even going to attempt that. Like, Linus can probably get closest because he's from close to that.
1: Well, because we're, like, right across the fucking border.
0: Wait, how'd you say it? No, we're not. Zadigenski.
1: That's pretty good, bro.
0: It's pretty badass uh so yeah. as always guys so we're, today we're just gonna be diving right into like health and wellness and of course links to everyone's websites and what they do will be of course in the description and the blog jumping right into it little rome you were talking about like people shaving their heads and specifically how your dad taught you to shave yours and whites like kind of like a rite of passage for every man just curious how how do you do it because i've never done it before
1: I, I don't think it's a rite of passage for every man i just think it's a it's some it's like a skill that like your father, your mother's not going to teach you how to shave your fucking head. Yeah. Um, your father's probably going to teach you how to shave your head, especially if you come from like a lineage where like hair isn't really like the 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 thing that grows on top of the head. So I don't know. My dad, like, I kept going to barber shops for years, and I was just shaving my head at barber shops, and I realized like I just don't enjoy the experience. I don't enjoy waiting. I don't enjoy making an appointment. I don't enjoy um, all the chemicals that they put on my head or try to. Uh, I don't enjoy like that energy drain. So one day my dad was staying with me and he was shaving his head. And I was like, dude, can you teach me how to shave my head like really well? Because his head is always fucking shining. He never like misses spots. You know, he's got like that military discipline of like shaving. So he showed it to me. I've been shaving my head like that ever since.
0: What can we find out how or like no?
1: Maybe. 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 That, maybe. <laughs> maybe. It's like she's all shotted
0: thing?
2: because. Because I've just shaved, I just shaved my head for the first time in my life. Like this, this like last week. I've just done it. I've done did it twice. I did it once, waited a week to do it again. And both times, I've had like little patches, not big mm-hmm. ones, but like enough where like if I shaved and then went out walking down the street with nothing on my head, I'd look a bit fucking weird. So that's how this conversation started. We're like, well, how do we? Is there some technique? Is there some special like you know way is, of doing I, I, it? And it takes, it
1: takes me ages. At some point, I'll record a video at some All point right. when I settle into my next right. space. I'll record a video.
0: Yeah, cool. And I'll oh, yeah. I'll, I'll link to it because I think it'd be fun. Go on, Linus. You're going to say something? My favorite
3: part about this is how not only is there like a spec across our four images here, there's not only a spectrum of like <laughs> facial hair growth, but there's also a spectrum of clothing and hair growth, clothing and hair. growth. There's all kinds of spectrums going
1: on here. I love it. But that's it's... what life looks like, right? Like life is like this <laughs> constant spectrum. If we, If we're open to it, Um, it's not like this uniform thing that we've been told that it is. It's like like everybody, even if they look the same, right? Like you walk around in Sweden, they might look the same, right? But inside one guy might like fucking anime and midget porn. And another guy is like totally into like death metal and like lifting stones or whatever it is, right? Like totally different. Maybe looks still the same stoic look, but like totally different.
0: Or, you know, someone that's to heavy metal and, like, anime. That could be just a thing. Or even weird. Maybe maybe it's
1: heavy metal anime. I don't
0: know. Yeah. Heavy
2: metal midget porn.
0: (laughs) That's. I thought that was going to come up. But right off the bat, so I've got to ask. So, like, we're all different stages in our lives. with um, Basically, our journey. So, I don't know who wants to kick it off, essentially, on how you guys got to where you're at. Because I know Roman so for just a quick introduction for everyone. So Roman is pretty much like anything to do with breath, work, movement and stuff like that. I just go to Roman. The dude knows his stuff really, really well. Linus is all about emotional release as well. I'm going right down to the emotional stuff as well, which is brilliant with the Sedona method and of course, uh, dailyalignment.co. And finally, we've got John. John like connected because he's on his own journey right now of finding some insane shit out. I'm just going to start with John. John, fuck it. You go first. I don't know where your journey's begun.
2: Yeah, well, well, I gave you my copywriting website, but this all came together because last time we chatted, um, I was putting together basically in the process of launching a new business, um, which I've got a name for now. Um, I've got a way, I've got a domain, um, but there's no website there, so I couldn't give it to you to share. But basically. Um, over the last few years, I mean, for my whole life, I've been interested in personal development, right? So reading books like the classic, like, like power of now, like a lot of spiritual stuff, um, all about being present, a lot of it to do with emotions. I've done a lot of, um, you know, courses with therapists where you're learning how to work with the mind. it's almost doing like a sort of variation of CPT, but I love this stuff. Um, and I'm always like looking, how do I, you know, cause I want to be more fulfilled. I want to be happier. I want to just basically live a better life. I'm always looking for better tools. And then in the last few years, I've kind of, um, you know, been trying to figure out what do I actually want to do. Like, what's the thing that I'm really excited about? My unique ability, like what's the purpose, that kind of a thing. And I've sort of just, I feel a little bit like I've stumbled into it. It's a bit of a long story. It's crazy shit that's happened. But basically, I um, started taking psychedelics is is a big part of it. Uh, but I also became involved with, um, a, 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 I guess you call it um it's a whole different there's a few different modalities there's this whole like in in the west the the typical modality of working with uh issues you could say psychological stuff is through the mind and they call this top-down processing so we do you see a therapist you talk about your childhood whatever it is you do some journaling this is all top-down things using your sort of neocortex to work with emotional and things like that and you know top-down processing another way to work with it that for me has been like a hundred times, thousand times more effective has been to do with something called bottom-up processing, which is where instead of working with the mind, you work with the body. So, you know, if you're anxious about um, anything, money or dating or, you know, family or anything in life, you can work with it in the mind, but you can also go, well, why am I anxious in the first place? Like, what's why does that even exist? Like, what is my nervous system doing to make me anxious? And what's generating that feel of anxiety anxiety is really a mind word anyway it's not even anxiety it's more like just activation it's neutral and then we interpret it and so I got involved with a bunch of different practices which um and I guess modalities which are all based on the sort of this this emerging science of the nervous system understanding the stress response why do we have different emotions what purpose do they serve how do you actually when you understand your nervous system too you can kind of go well instead of thinking about oh I really wish I need to be calmer and you can start to go well even with a breath, even take a deep breath can actually be bad advice at different times, which we can get into. But learning how to, they call it regulation, to regulate your nervous system. So if you're up here on a, on a bell curve of activation, you're all uh, stressing out, how do you bring yourself down in a way that's not going to block things? That's not going to cause you to suppress and hold on to emotions that are then going to come out 10 years from now. So, and it's totally, you know, it's totally blown my mind because it's, it's changed my life. And, uh, and now I'm you know, in the process of launching a new business where I'm teaching it to other people. Because to me, I mean, I, I keep doing it myself and, you know, it goes perfectly with psychedelics. So I think it's, if anyone's doing psychedelics, like they need to learn this stuff. Um,
0: and, I gonna, and I just feel like it's what the world needs. Well, I was going to say like the perfect person to like continue on that conversation is of course Rome. So Rome,
1: kick it off, bro. What you got? Mm, I have some questions for John. Uh, what, what's the yeah. method called?
2: Yeah. So it's a combination of things. The main thing is uh, somatic experiencing. Um, with, um, yeah, you heard of that. So, and then, but there's a few different tools. Another one's Feldenkrais, which is a movement practice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, his whole thing was awareness through movement. So it's like about, it's more about awareness, building awareness and the ability to stay embodied, but using movement as the tool to do it. Feldenkrais um, is so awesome. a few things like that.
3: What's that? He said Feldenkrais is awesome.
2: Yeah. Feldenkrais is great. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> blown my mind. Yeah. Mm,
1: I love it. Yeah, I, I usually, um, I usually start with the nervous system now, um, just to give you guys like a little like thing. Um, I was born with a nervous system disorder. I was supposed to die, uh, right when I was born and, um, I was sick pretty much my whole life. I experienced pretty much all the major traumas that a child or an adult can, uh, uh, experience I was a refugee to the United States from a genocide um it was just like it was rough like it was a rough go it was a really dark go at it for a long time uh lots of like anger resentment fear uh everything with the with the sympathetic nervous system my sympathetic nervous system was just like I would say I wouldn't even say overstimulated it was just the button was frozen (laughs) the button was frozen um so I started I started like consciously trying to do something uh when I was like 16 uh mostly led by money at first you know like you meet somebody with money and you're like hey man how'd you make all that money and they're like I did this thing and then it just like starts to fucking because it's like well like as as humans especially as men like um in in a certain stage of development like we are attracted to um women power that's about it um like that that th- that's it you know women power and if we don't get it we go to addictions to fill in that gap and that's really like a sympathetic nervous system like uh just firing or whatever those addictions are um i mean i I tried, I tried to, I I don't want to say everything, but like as close as, as much as I've invested like 600 plus grand into this journey in the last 12 years, Uh, just like traveling the world and learning from as many like teachers and gurus that I can learn from and trying to like, cause they, they all have like a specific perspective. They're all like, this is the fucking thing. Um, this is the thing. This is the thing. This is the thing. It's all the fucking thing. And it is. It's all the thing. But they're all the things. And that's the problem. Like we've been like for me, I was like super dogmatic because when the nervous system is firing like that, you, I kind of want to hold on to that thing and be like, this is this has got to be the thing. This has got to be the fucking thing. Whether it was like nutrition or holistic nutrition or plant medicine or fucking i don't know nlp and hypnosis to martial arts to bro like anything that you could possibly imagine at this point like that's all i did uh, i was just like obsessed with trying to like heal i was just so fucking broken it felt like um and i couldn't figure out like where the light was at the end of the tunnel i just kept hitting my head against the wall even though the light was right there and to bring it all together, it was like, I just asked myself the question It's just like sur- pure survival, right? Like pure fucking survival. Um, what's the most important thing that we need? And it's just like air. We have to learn how to breathe. After that, everything kind of like opens up because like we can all live without air for a while three minutes, four minutes, if you're highly trained, maybe 10, 15, whatever, it's still a lot shorter than like, food, water, and shelter too. shelter is the second actually most one. Because if you're in some harsh uh, environment, um, food and water is not going to get you it's going to be the fucking shelter, like hypothermia and all that shit, that'll fuck you up really bad. Uh, toxins, toxins, shelter. Um, so I started I started my practice with like breath and yoga and all that stuff. I don't know, like 12 years ago, maybe 13 years ago. And it's still like, man, I would like meet all these yoga instructors. And I, I just, I wasn't like, wow, this person's like as peaceful as I would want to be. Like I, 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 didn't, they didn't have that thing. Cause you know, like there's like, especially in the marketing world, we're all marketers here. Right. So in the marketing world, um, Everybody's selling something, but the problem is not all of them are using what they're selling. In Russian, there's a saying "sapozhnik bez Sapog, and it means uh, "shoemaker with no shoes." Yeah, and um, it's it's. I couldn't figure it out. I was like, "What is it? What is it? What is it?" And then I realized that, like, or I got the download. I don't think I realized it. Um, I definitely got the download from something uh from a higher power for sure. And it was like it, there's a dysfunction. There's like there's a breakdown in linguistics, there's a breakdown in communications from what the ancients were teaching and what we're getting now. Um, so then I started digging and I found like a teacher like six years ago on breath dysfunction, and then I started digging deeper into like breath dysfunction as along with movement of those areas and. What I started to see was that, because then I started to see patients after I studied with her for a while, I started to see like clients. And what I noticed was like, everybody had dysfunctional breath. Everybody was in a constant state, like a sympathetic state, which is essentially what John was talking about. Like that, that nervous system, um, we have to heal our nervous system because it's, it's like our, it's our highway, it's our electrical highway to have energy for good sleep, for for orgasms, or wanting to have orgasms, or extending our orgasms, our mental clarity and acuity, our digestion—like everything—starts there. So that's that's been essentially my um, a piece a piece of my thesis for, for for some time now. Just obsessively studying and getting data back, just seeing as many different types of People as I can find in the high performance area of like world champions and business owners and race car drivers, like anybody like anybody that I think is like wow this person does done some incredible shit and then I'm like wait a second they're breathing at sixty percent of their potential forty percent of that potential imagine what this world champion would be able to do if they opened up and breathed that a hundred or two hundred percent of that potential. And that's kind of like just pulling the string, you know, like just constantly fucking pulling the string and uh, tasting and be like, is this it? Can this person do what they say they can do? Or can they do what they're teaching they can do? Or do they embody that thing? You know, that that's always like a big question for me, the embodiment. So, yeah.
0: Okay. So just just a little intro. Just a tiny little intro, N- nothing big there. Linus, do you want to jump in with this?
3: Uh, sure. <laughs> uh, I'm just thinking about where to even begin. Um, but so one of the changes I think I made from kind of how I present my stuff from last we spoke is I kind of talk a lot more about the kind of metaphysical side of things, which I realized I was kind of resisting a lot because I don't want to be kind of put into that bucket of all the like, law of attraction people you know (laughs) but like honestly that's where a lot of this stuff comes from because it's like I've always just been driven to understand like not so much how I can get to a higher level performance or or anything like that but I just want to know what the fuck's going on like I want to understand how things work and I've had experiences in my life that I just can't like explain so one of my first experiences like this when I accidentally discovered the whole letting go thing um, was like seven years ago when I was first moving to Thailand, I had my trip booked like two weeks before my departure date. Um, I'd worked all business on a uh, all summer. I'd worked on a business, which I had planned to like provide my income and sustain me while living in Thailand. And the business just failed completely. So (laughs) two weeks before my trip, I had like zero money in my bank account and I was like freaking out. And I was like, what the fuck am I going to do? Planes leaving in two weeks. Like, I really don't want to have to cancel this trip. Blah, blah, blah. I would go on these walks with my dog and I would pass a stream every day. And for some reason, I would just stop at the stream. My, My dog would like take a little bath and I would just stare into the water. And that kind of became like a meditation for me. It was the only way I knew how to like calm myself down. And as I was staring into this water, I kept thinking through all the scenarios, like how I'm going to get this money. And like, as I, I was kind of like thinking through the worst case scenario, like what if I don't make any money and I just go anyway? Like, what's the worst thing that could happen? I was like, okay, I got some writing skills. Like maybe I could take like shitty SEO article writing jobs for $5 a piece. And if I do 10 of those a day, then, you know, maybe I could, I could at least, feed myself, you know? So then I realized like, even the worst case scenario, like I'm going to be all right. And just somehow I was able to let go of this like heavy cloud that was over me basically. And as soon as I let that go, I just felt so much better. I like my body just filled with energy and I felt like a totally new person. I, I was like dancing the whole way home. And then the next day, somebody, found. I think I told you the story. The very next day, somebody had found a forum post I'd made three years prior uh, when I first announced my services as a copywriter, just like some beginner copywriter on like some obscure form. He found a three-year-old forum post. Wait, was it or? I think it was like Wicked Fire or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> old back school. In, back old. in the day, man. Uh, and then the day after that, Uh, I got another client, uh, that came in from Facebook. So literally like going from panicking about not having money, I get two like easy projects just fell in my lap, uh, for a combined, maybe like $3,000. So I had a direct experience of like, okay, something happened internally and then shit happened. Um, and this just kind of started the gears turning, like what's actually going on here. And how can I do this on purpose, you know? Uh, So that kind of started this long journey of figuring out, um, like, your thoughts and emotions. Like, you talk about in business or in motivation or like, oh, you got to take action to become successful. Okay, so what do you need to do to take action? You got to be motivated and you you need to have a vision and you need to have the right system, blah, blah, blah. But what's beneath all of that? Like if you trace anything down far enough, you're going to end up with basically your thoughts and emotions. Like if you can fix your thoughts and emotions, then everything else falls into place. So for me, even in a very like practical business scenario, it's like the highest leverage point the way I look at it. So, yeah. So that's uh, that's just a little short thing about what I'm about,
0: I guess. <laughs> I'm curious about this from all three of you. And that is essentially what have you guys found along your journey that's been like the most helpful? Because I know with Roman, I know like different parts of your journeys because I've spoken to you guys at different lengths. But what I mean to say is um, like, lean is for an example, like you did the perfect day uh, exercise one day and that shifted because you did differently than you've done it every other time. Mm-hmm. um because you let go of some stuff and of course John I don't know one of yours because I know you had some idea like you had some experience on psychedelics which again are a whole thing and Roman like dude you've gone from just so you guys know like he's trained with Ido Portal and everyone else and kind of like done this insane body of work I want what I'm curious about is like what was that moment that kind of shifted for you because I know this work never really completes which is good but there's always a moment where uh, there's like a, a bridge that you cross and you can no longer go back to who you were. And like, what was one of the more significant bridges for you
1: guys? I mean, I had, I had many moments I've hit rock bottom multiple times. Like I've made it, I have lost it. I've sold four companies. Now I've, I'm divorced. Uh, I have kids. Like, uh, I've been initiated into manhood by multiple elders. Um and also through life, you know. Um every one of those were moments where the ships were burned uh completely. Um my my latest moment um was in the middle of like a divorce and um living in a place away from my children and my father was dying and I was running out of money. And um and I was coaching like 80 people in an emotional intelligence organization and uh and the pandemic hit <laughs> and it was all like at the same time, like around the same it was like a four or five month window, and um, and I was just like fuck man, like every all these tools are great, but there was like I needed to go deeper. Uh, I needed to expand my capacity. I felt like I, ha- I, I, was down- I had all the software, you know, like all the software, like I knew all the stuff and I was practicing the stuff, but I wasn't embodying the stuff. And, um, and it, was, it was like this moment where me and my father, we got into it. He was staying with me and we got into it. It was just like, it was nasty it was the first time in a long time where like, it was just like fucking nasty and like, like low blows and everything. And, uh, you know, I went upstairs and, uh, and I just started like writing, breathing first, breathing and then writing. And, you know, it was that moment I might've spent like an hour expanding uh my what i realized at that moment was like first i wrote and then i did and then i did my breathing and then i wrote again and the person that wrote the second time wasn't the person that wrote the first time and then i start and in that moment i created enough space from that very highly emotional state where i became detached enough from it where i can communicate to what was hurt inside of me during that interaction with my father. Uh, Basically like what I did at that moment was I integrated my breathing dysfunction practice with uh, Jungian shadow work. And uh, from there I started, it it just like started cascading. Like it was just like, like since then I've seen probably almost a thousand like clients, like uh, in like groups, one-on-ones, I was doing retreats throughout the thing. Throughout, the, um, throughout COVID, um, everything just shifted because at that moment, uh, something was destroyed, that wasn't me. And it was, um, it's funny, like looking back on it right now, it's the first time I thought about it in a while. It was just like, um, it, was the, it was the next initiation. It was like the next initiation into uh, adulthood, into being a man, into uh, becoming sovereign and being a man on different levels, right? Like there's so many psychological, emotional, spiritual, physical levels that require, that, that are required of us in order to make that transition. The problem is it's very hard to make that transition by yourself. I would say almost impossible because men need other men. We've always needed other men there was no hunt parties of just one man. Um, like we, it just, it didn't work like that. Um, like I, I study a lot of tribal cultures and I study a lot of ancient cultures and honestly, like that was a huge catalyst for me. Um, that was a bridge that was burnt and then a new one was built to this point of like rituals and rites of passage. And, um, it's, it's not, it's not just esoteric. It's physical, it's emotional, it's psychological. There's so much more to it than just like, uh, to go back on what Lena said about like, uh, like not being too woo woo and falling into the law of attraction category. There is no fucking category. They're all, everybody's saying the same fucking thing. They just don't have the language to communicate it. Mm -hmm. The linguistics are broken in all these different modalities. Um, And some of the best ones, I mean, really, if you go back the furthest you can go back, they're only going to come from like four or five places, right? They're going to come from like the Norse. They're going to come from the Celtics. They're going to come from the Slavs. Uh, They're going to come from... The Africans, even though a lot of that's been fucking forgotten, like that doesn't really get like passed down. Um, Indians, Persians, uh, Chinese, Arabs, Arabs, for sure. So, but if you go back far enough, the Arabs also, that's the Africa thing, right? Because like all the tribes that came and like, yeah, but yeah, exactly. Like the Sufis. Like the the Sufis incorporate a lot of physical practices in their spiritual practices. The problem is in today's world, like if you grew up in a Catholic country or a Christian country, they don't have physical practices for spiritual practices, which is fucking stupid because God lives inside of my body. You know what I'm saying? Like he doesn't just live in some idea in a fucking book. Mm. Agreed like J- Jesus did all that shit guaranteed. Oh yeah, like this is
0: something that a lot of people don't know about Islam is it's actually a blessing. Like the sunnah means like to follow the way of the Prophet peace be upon him and that is wrestling. Like if you go to the mosque you go to wrestle like your friends. That that was like a part of it. Why? Because you had to know how to grapple, how to defend yourself without basically, you know, punching someone in the face. And that doesn't get taught anymore. In fact, it actually gets, um, when we were kids, we get told off for doing it. And it's like, are you kidding me? This is just completely normal. Like, kids should be able to do
1: this. You know why they can't do it? Go on. You know why? Because people that know how to fight are powerful people. You don't become, like, uh, sovereign by uh, getting beat up on every day. You know, the last thing they need is a bunch of uh, Muslim dudes that know how to wrestle, bro.
0: (laughs) Oh, so close to the date as well. God damn it. (laughs) All right, John, so hit me. Hit you. you. Hit me with this, (laughs) dude. What? I don't know. (laughs) So coming off of basically –
2: off the back of this god being in the body um, yeah it's just
0: breath work, you, you, know.
2: you you were asking about like what are the most you know like, transformative yeah. moments those those you know uh, I mean for me yeah like like roman like there's been heaps there's always heaps but yeah a big one for me in the last few years has been finding um, the somatic stuff and learning what it really means to be in the body and then and not as an idea but really being in the body, as I understand, being in the body is a phrase, but what it points to is this being out of the mind. You're not in the land of concepts and ideas. Your, your consciousness, awareness is fully embodied um, and it's a beautiful experience. And then it ties into what Roman's talking about with like God's in the body. If you want to call it God, consciousness, the soul, the spirit, you know, spirit all of that, like you start to tap into that once you get out of the mind and into the body. So, if, you know, for me, I mean, there's lots of modalities and tools and all of that, but the thing that worked well for me was um, finding like somatic experience, finding this lady who taught a combination of somatic experiencing, another thing called somatic practice, which is an offshoot of that, and uh, Feldenkrais, and it, it just blew my fucking mind man it was like all these books i'd read people talk about like the power of now is another one called the presence process i used to love all this stuff about all right you just gotta be present and feel everything that you're feeling if you do that for long enough you'll be enlightened or you'll just be whole or whatever you want to call it integrated and i found this material that this woman had put together and i was like oh my god this is like those books i've been reading they're like grade two or three if we're talking about this is like school and what she's teaching and she didn't invent it she just put some of it together um what she's teaching is, to me, it feels like university level. It's the same shit, but there's better words. Where we've got more more precise words. Instead of saying just be present, we've got words like pendulation and titration, um, you know, that allow you to – because it's not just about being present. There's a bit of nuance there. If you've got to be present in the right way to the right things and move your awareness away from other things, like, and you do it in the right, correct sort of process, I mean, it really, really, really opens up. So that was a huge – Huge turning point for me.
0: That's a big one. Like, so just curiously, out of that, so both you and Roman had these different experiences, but when you get out of the mind and get into the body, how would you encompass that? Like, again, because that's something that I have a hard time doing just for to let go of my mind. What actually, the better question for me is if you can't let go and get into the mind, what would be a good practice to begin with? That's just an open question for anyone, John.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I mean, for me, what I learned was like, you know, a lot of people think, get in the mind, let's meditate. Like, you know, you try and get out of the mind using the mind. And that just doesn't work very well. Um, It's like trying to catch the, you know, the one metaphor I've heard didn't make this, but it's like trying to catch a thief. Yeah. It's like trying to get a thief to catch a thief. It it just doesn't, or get the thief to catch itself kind of thing. It doesn't really work. Um, So the somatic thing is, I mean, people can try it. I have learned, you know, over time that that the practice, these practices, can be very powerful. And uh, if people do something like this, especially like listeners or even you guys, you know, it, it they're designed to bring things up. Like if there's stuff hiding in the body, and you start doing one of these things, it can very quickly take you into one of these states. If that happens, you know, you want to stop doing that. Have a cup of tea. They call it resourcing, right? So you can do some breath work, lots of things, things that you know that are going to bring your activation back down. But the practice. For me is it, something called the, the, that started it was something called multitasking awareness which is which is the first time I'd ever heard of something like this but it works so well you feel your feet on the ground or feel your butt in the chair you feel your connection with the environment then you look around as well now, now, now just look around and see what's around you and notice if notice notice if it's safe basically you're, you're orienting to the safety in the environment which sends a felt message to your nervous system that it's safe. So you can let the activate, it'll just start to let the activation come down. And then the other thing is notice your breath. Don't change it. Don't take a deep breath, just, just notice it. And the magic, if you wanna be like, get that embodied feeling. It's when you layer them together. So it's when you're like looking at the wall or the screen and you're also feeling the chair and then you do your breath at the same time. And when you can weave those three points of awareness together into sort of one thing, and it's, it's hard at first because it's a bit of a muscle, it gives me it gives me it gives you this incredible feeling of like oh the mind's gone like like if i just focus on one thing it's like the mind can still run but once i've got two or three things that i'm trying to pay attention to the mind there's just no space for the mind and it's like oh this is this is what it feels like to be in my body fuck this feels good you know and so it's a process of conf- uh, cultivating that and then being able to hold that focus when you're really angry or when you're really sad or when you're depressed or when you're in these activated states because then it's Being present and embodied in these experiences that allows that that energy to you know process and release and then the whole system to reset.
3: Very cool. I just kind of did it when you were explaining it. Yeah. Yeah. How to feel. Pretty cool. Yeah. It needs some more practice, but yeah, I can see where kind of this is going for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So Linus, how would that impact your work and what you're doing?
3: I'd have to think about that uh, but it's, it's very interesting you bring up the thing about safety uh, because that's definitely a, a major part of the work I do. So uh, basically you have the core wants essentially. So they're basically four core wants. Um, so originally we all come from a place of unity, like even in the womb, we're in a complete state of unity where everything we need is provided to us and there is no sense of separation between like this is me and this is everything else. Uh, that starts around two years old when we start forming our identity and we start thinking like this is me and this is everything else. And this is when we start saying things like "Mommy, look at me." Um, this is when we start calling ourselves by our own name. And so that's the first core want is wanting to be separate. We wanting to be separate from everything else. Mm-hmm. So then, out of wanting to be separate. Because you can now be a separate individual, that also means you can be in danger because now there's that separation between you. So now you can be in danger from an outside world. So that's the second want, wanting to be safe, which is a major key to this whole thing. And out of arising out of the wanting safety is the wanting approval and wanting to control. So we want to control the world around us and we want to con- we want other people's approval. We want to control other people's reactions to us to get their approval so we can be safe. So that we can be free to be our separate individual. So those are basically the core wants. And a lot of the stuff I do is just tying everything back to the core wants and then letting, the, letting it go from the source. So, um, so I did this thing with my mom the other day, um, which is basically you can take any goal um, or anything you want to do in life and you, you just ask yourself why, and you try to trace it down to its roots. So my mom and my dad, they have this like re- freelance writing business, basically. Um, and my mom was talking to me about her income goals. And I asked her like, mom, why, so why is it important for you to make, make this amount of money? And she's like, oh, so I can, you know, so I can be free to, you know, do all the things I want to do. I was like, okay, why is having freedom important to you? And it's like, so I can feel safe. I was like, okay, why is feeling safe important? And then she's like, oh, so I don't have to be afraid anymore. And I was like, oh. So we get to the root of the thing, which now is rooted in fear. So once we got that up, we got we kind of dug up a lot of other stuff, like ideas around deserving money and things like that. And there was a lot of sadness that came up around that. And we just let it all go. A um, couple days later, um, they got new projects coming in to their business for around twenty thousand um, dollars. So the safety is definitely a huge part of it, and it's such a key driver for like, like we can't really do anything in life until we feel safe. Like most people spend their entire lives feeling unsafe. Like. Even the idea of retirement is almost like this contract we make of like, oh, I'm going to go around worrying about money my entire life until I can retire so I can finally feel safe and then do the things I want. So for most people, they have this like safety is almost like the finish line in life. Everybody just wants to get to safety because what do you do when you're in danger? You just want to get to safety. If you're being chased by a tiger. You're not going to think about your plans in five years. You just want to get to safety. All your resources have to be oriented towards getting to safety. Um, so for most people, because they feel this sense of constantly being in danger, they just want to get to safety. And they haven't even imagined their life beyond that point. But the way I see it, getting to safety is not really the finish line in life. It's really like the starting line. That's like when your real life begins. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Um, as far as the big things, that's been like a turning point for me, probably when I first discovered, really discovered the whole letting go thing, which is when I did the Sedona method course when I was about 21 and I went really deep with it and I was just sitting like releasing these emotions for like hours and hours a day. Um, and I, I, once I got to the end of the course, it's like a 20 CD program. I was like CD 18, 19, something like at the end of the course, I just woke up one day and I just felt fucking amazing. And I was just in this flow, like, and this kind of hit me over the head. Like I wasn't sure what was happening. It was like an altered state of consciousness. I went out on the street and I felt this like weird connection to everybody. Like everybody was my family. And I was like, this is weird. Uh, and there was a bus ride I used to take, which usually took like 45 minutes that day. It took 20 minutes in like midday Bangkok traffic. And I was like, every time, every time the we approach a red light, it turned green. And it was like, that, that's what my whole day was like. Uh, and it's funny, you mentioned, uh, John psychedelics before I had never done anything at this point in my life, but about two years after that, I tried psychedelics for the first time and um we did some acid on the beach in thailand uh with a bunch, bunch of friends and then as soon as it started kicking in my first thought was wait a minute i've been here before um and i thought back to that day uh and that's then that's when i really knew i was like onto something so yeah that's probably the biggest thing yeah that's pretty cool
0: like it's got
2: goosebumps
0: Yeah, yeah, it is pretty cool. I (laughs) I think all of us have actually dabbled with psychedelics to some degree to kind of go deeper. I don't know, like, I honestly have to always kind of give the warning though. If you're going to go down that path, please do some form of therapy before you head down there. Mm. Just simply because if you're not if you're not ready, sometimes a psychedelic can take you something that you need to see, and you're just not ready to see, and it will fuck you up. Mm. Like that's what a lot of the fuck ups are. Is you're going to places that your brain's like. We're gonna run away from that now for a while. And sometimes it's like, all right, dickheads, you need to see this. You're, you're screwing us up. Thankfully, I've never actually hit the abyss. But I know a few people that have, and it's always the same thing. Yeah,
2: does not look fun. No, no it does not. I will have. But that's to do why this. on on go on. Go on. Go on. Oh, yeah, I was gonna say on that note. That's so the nervous system has a stuff. The somatic stuff has a great sort of um, you could say like like a way to understand like psychedelics and like you know how to be ready. But basically. <laughs> emotions, right? We have survival stress, right? We go through life. Let's see your parents let you cry. They, they let you cry to sleep or cry yourself to sleep when you're a baby. Uh, but a lot of times it's terrible for the baby because the baby doesn't actually learn how to cry itself to sleep. It just shuts down because it gets so fucking scared and terrified that it can't handle it. The whole system shuts down and it falls asleep. And so you, people could be carrying this terror, like sheer intense terror in their body. And then they take a psychedelic and it starts coming out. And they've never even felt that, that that thing. They don't have the capacity to stay with that emotion. They then end up disassociating they go into some hell realm, you know, and they come out of it. They think it was the psychedelic. And often I think all that's happening is just these emotions are coming out from a long, long, long time ago that the person, like you said, is not ready, not ready for it. And so in the, in the somatic world, they call it capacity, which is really your capacity to be present um, in emotional or in energetic intensity. So it's like build that up first, like learn. Learn how to sort of um, you know hold that focus in the present moment when emotions are moving through you because the more you can do that, that builds your capacity. And then when that terror is coming out, you can be like, "Oh, it's not comfortable, but I can handle it."
0: Yeah, I, I agree with that. Like the last times I, the last time I did psychedelics was uh, the day before Father's Day. Um, mm-hmm. Had to like, I was like, last oh, week? No, no, uh, June. June 19th. our different Father's Day. Father's Day here was last week. Ah, oh, fair enough. I think it's June or July 19th, around like June 19th. I was like, decided to take some time off. I was like, I'm going to go do this because it's first Father's Day, just going to get through it. And Rome has been massively helpful with that, by the way, guys. So shout out to Rome publicly for all the help he's given me as well. Um, but it was weird because I ended up in a weird therapy session with myself where I was literally talking to myself out loud while answering my own therapy questions. It was the weirdest. I'm so glad I live alone with cats. Like that's the only thing. If I had other roommates, it's like, what the fuck happened to adult? My shit just went weird. Um, but that was a lot of fun. And then I got to a point, I remember it was, uh, it was less than my usual amount that i take. So I usually take like three and a half grams and that'll get me going. I did like 2.2 grams and hit therapy mode. And I remember this thought so crystal clear because so I wrote it down as soon as it hit me. It was get the fuck off of me. Go back to being sober, drink some fucking milk and calm the fuck down. You've basically done what you need to do here. Go, go. It was like an immediate like kick out from my own internal self going, go do what we told you. It was like weirdest feeling ever.
2: He's, he's a question. Was that you telling you that? Was that the spirit of the mushrooms telling you that?
0: I don't know, but if it's the spirit of the mushrooms, now I'm just thinking of Joe Rogan talking about like plant-based gangs. (laughs) Just thanks for that. Incredibly, Uh, my brain just runs on stuff but i i mean yeah these
2: things have spirits man that's all right they have they seem to anyway i can't prove it but they certainly seem to have a personality and they can tell you all kinds of things
0: for me it has an energetic shift i mean like when in the past i've done other things again i have hit points where i felt like i okay i've gone as far as i'm allowed to go for now if i push on further it's now damage it's no longer love it's now like punishment um, and actually that brings mm. me to a question I have for Rome, because this is something that he's been encouraging me to do. And it's a very powerful thing as well. Um, and that is kind of, and that is telling yourself that you love yourself and the whole idea of self-love. Um, so I'm going to kick it to Rome and then I not want to go around with everyone else. How do you guys actually define self-love in today's world as a man? i won't take this
1: same way i would define it as a woman um the capacity to to have a cup full of compassion to Mm. to love yourself to truly love yourself like if you don't love yourself and most people just don't because in our culture it's been told that you're um Like in in my culture, it's uh, you're an ego, ego, which is like, uh, like you're full of yourself, like or whatever, just like that's not self-love, like self-love is deeper. It's loving the self. It's not just loving what your skin looks like in front of the mirror. Um, The thing is, with um, with with current modern day culture, everything's very uh, materialistic, including our skin, including our bodies um they are material like they are material but there's also like a spirit element to it as well and um it's loving like what you came here to experience like loving yourself loving your experiences loving loving the the joy and the pain the the bitterness and the sweet loving loving the orgasms and the heartbreaks. um loving yourself even when you make a mistake or what you think is a mistake loving yourself when it's really hard to love yourself um Mm. and um there's practices for it um there's practices for it it's one of the it's one of the seven uh meta wounds that i work with 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 clients um It's the one that opens up the heart chakra and opens up compassion. On the other end, there's a lot of like resentment and the shadow elements of it. And um, Self-love is, it's it's just one of the pieces of, one of the major pieces of the puzzle. Um, Especially like if you, um, I mean, it's also like, it falls into like Jungian archetypes as well. Like the lover is one of the archetypes. And um, the thing is, without the lover, all the other archetypes are out of balance. I believe that love helps us to fall back into balance with who we were sent here to be. Um, All of us are on a path. All all of us are on a mission, whether we realize it or not. Um, Like we've all been waiting for this moment right here our whole lives. Like everything in our life has led us to this specific moment right now whether it's a simulation or an illusion, I'm not sure, maybe, but, um, we've all like, we're all like in a collective dream right now together. And we've been waiting for this moment. Um, self-love. I mean, there's only really two emotions. Like we've been talking a bunch about emotions, but there's only two, all the other things are just layered on top of it. Like you can look at it as like an onion, there's fear and there's love, Mm -hmm. everything that there. So there's only really two, but, the way that we experience them are like on the continuum uh, of like what we were talking about, the spectrum. We have a spectrum of like, if fear is on one end and love is on the other end, or they're two completely different spectrums and they both have a continuum of their own, that might also uh, be an option. But um, self-love is the thing that allows us as men. um, I don't know which archetypes you resonate with currently or you're working through. I'm guessing because you're entrepreneurs, possibly the warrior archetype. um, It's very easy to go into like the shadow elements of that, even when you do embody the warrior archetype and become very sadistic or masochistic to yourself. Um, beating yourself up when you make a mistake or the money doesn't come in or somebody tells you no or the business doesn't go the way that you want it to go Um, and you just keep pushing. You just keep fucking pushing because that's the mindset. It's just like grind, grind, grind. And um, self-love is the thing that tells you like, hey, it's all going to be okay. Go take a fucking nap. Like, It's all good. Like go, go breathe, go take the walk, go take a nap. You're not going to change anything right now. Anyway. Go, go take a hot bath and like, relax. Like it's all good. You don't have to keep pushing. It's, a, it's all taken care of. That that's what love like for me sounds like.
3: Mm-hmm. To kind of take that further. If you have fear and love as the two core emotions, you can really look at that. Without the names for it, it's really like connection or disconnection. Like sure, love, is state, love is a state of being connected. Fear is a state of being disconnected. So for me, love is kind of just what happens when you remove all the disconnection. If you if you let go of the resistance, if you let go of all the disapproval you have against yourself, all the resistance you have against yourself, then love is what happens automatically like that day i told my amazing day when i I felt this like love for everybody like everybody was my family i i was in a state where i just let go of all my resistance to everybody and it just felt like i loved everybody to the point where it was weird for me because i never felt like that before um so for me love is just this like natural state of connectedness i
0: guess you would call it pretty cool what about you john beautiful
2: yeah, I could. I'm listening to something's been coming up for me in the last year, especially after doing all the nervous system stuff. But but how it's you know I've done those exercises, you know, it's like I, you know, say you love yourself and all of that, and it's been it was helpful at the time. But where it's gone now for me is, I think about like I was in a relationship for a few years that ended last year, but but you know that taught me a lot about love is you know it's not just saying nice. I mean, it's lots of things, right? It's like saying nice things, it's being attentive, it's paying you know, paying attention, it's um but it's also doing nice things, you know, like giving someone a hug when, when they need it, you know, listening to them, uh, cooking them a meal, you know, giving them a massage. Like it's, it's, it's something, you know, love is, 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 you know, a verb. Some people say, right. It's not something you just think about. Um, you know, I think when I, you know, the more I've sort of understood that, like I now, now I understand like, well, yeah, going for a walk, taking a nap, going to the gym, eating healthy. Um, all of these things are ways of showing love, you know, and, and, for me, it's like, I mean, often, I think a lot of us, like, probably depends where we're at, but we're often happy, comfortable, showing love to other people, whether it's if we've got kids, if we've got a partner, or a family, um, but we often, for whatever reason, we sometimes don't think we deserve it, and and I find it can be actually quite helpful to kind of go, well, and this helped me a lot when this relationship ended, actually, is kind of going, well, you know, if if this was someone else or if, if this was kids, like, here's how I, you know, what I think I would do. That's like, well, hang on, don't I deserve that? Don't. And so I've been teaching myself in that way of like saying, okay, well, if I think other people deserve this kind of care and attention, well, I deserve it too. Because I'm just like, I'm just a person like they are. And so that's that's been my learning in the last couple of years. It's really I mean, it's 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 an infinite number of different things. It's just taking care of yourself, doing nice things for yourself, um, the same way you would be loving to your kids or to your partner. Or on Jordan Peterson, you guys probably know him. He's got a way of saying it's like you look after yourself the way like a really good friend would look after yourself. It doesn't mean you get to do whatever you want and take drugs and you know let yourself go off the rails. It means you know if you had a really good friend who was looking out for you, they'd be like, "Hey, look, man, like you're drinking too much. You know, like stop it." Like, just fuck it off and, you know, eat some healthy food or whatever, you know, like there's this, it's not, it doesn't mean you do anything you want. It's, it's, um, it's really taking care of yourself and, and, and believing that you deserve it, you know, so.
1: I think that when you love yourself, you can truly do whatever it is that you want without hmm. the fear of, uh, without the need for um those external boundaries if that makes sense and, and, and it makes sense that jordo peterson talks about that because like um i i think he shared recently that he was addicted to like pain pills recently and a bunch of other stuff going on and he you know it's like i i love him he's he's a great intellectual but he definitely doesn't exemplify self-love as uh as a, and, you know and that's usually like my first question that i ask uh is like does that person uh embody that thing, and then the next question is like, have they ever taught anybody else how to do that thing or to embody that thing you know and um the people i mean I, I love Jordan Peterson, I had a time where I was listening to his stuff, and like uh like there's a there's just fuck man, like I'm just so careful nowadays because there's there's just so much out there, and like you know if people become like uh Cause it's dangerous. It's dangerous. Like he might be really good at that thing, this one thing. And then he becomes a guru. Cause he gets one question, one question about self-love bro. And he's like, well, it's this thing. But then on the other end of that, behind the scenes, there's something completely different going on. And um, you know, it's, we start, we bite the fucking hook and we start getting pulled in and we start being that thing that we really don't want to be if that makes sense
2: that i mean that leads to a really interesting topic um which which i had a really bad experience a couple years ago with some coaches who turned out to to be the absolute opposite of of what i expected it was i mean manipulation to a massive degree and what it's taught me with plant with plant medicine actually is pretty pretty disgusting But um, what it's taught me is there's a lot, yeah. With plant medicine, there
1: were coaches that were using plant medicine.
2: I did a ceremony with them. I had had mushrooms, I was lying on the living room floor, Mm. and this guy was supposedly doing some healing on me, and he told me that I'd committed genocide in a past life, killed 20 million Mm. people, 2 million deserved it, so 18 million innocent lives, and now I have, because of that, I have 18 million karmic blocks on my power, But uh, if he transmutes and feels the pain of everything, everyone that died, and he rolled around on the floor like he's getting tortured for a while, and then his wife agrees to be my teacher, whoever fucking controls these locks will release the locks. Um,
0: Did he have you back his wife
1: too?
0: I was going to ask like... No. (laughs) 18
1: 18 million strokes. Yeah, yeah.
2: So, (laughs) you know, like... (laughs) Like so like that, that kind of stuff happened and there was like that was sort of the main the main big red flag but they they were it really taught me that there's a lot of people out there i mean they didn't even look like it they yeah they'd wear white no tattoos no piercings they really cultivate this really clean image which is very intentional on their part and it taught me that there's a lot of people like that out there either they're openly and willingly malicious because they're looking for money and power or it's like the wounded healer archetype they they they're really not doing so good in themselves. And the way they meet that sort of, you know, um, you know, poor self image is they try and save the world and they try and help people. And I think there's a lot of it and you've got to be really careful. Exactly. Like you said, or it's, I've been, caught, I, I go caught up in it. Yeah. You know? um, and I think that's really important thing that, that a lot of people don't talk about
1: a hundred percent. I agree. I, I've been all over the world training with so many fucking gurus. I've invested time, energy, money, lots of money, lots of time, lots of energy, lots of effort. Um, and I, are you guys interested? Do you guys want like a little fucking system you can use to like, not get caught up ever, or at least minimize, let's say 80 20 minimize the fucking the damage. Um, first question. Well, first question is like, what do you want to fucking do? Like, what do you want to learn? Who do you want to be? Right. What do you want to experience? Um, that's the first question. The next question is like, who, is experiencing that right now? Who has experienced that? Um, like truly, like that you know, not like they say. Like I, I there bro. I mean, you guys are marketers, so you you know what I'm fucking talking about. Every everybody that took everybody that read the ClickFunnels book is already a funnel expert, and it's just like, no, you're not. Um, so. We're, so the next question is like, can this person do what I'm a- asking to do? Like, really, can they fucking do it? Like, if I'm trying to learn boxing, can this motherfucker box? You know, if I'm looking to learn jujitsu, can they, can they do jujitsu? Do they exemplify? Because like, whoever you choose as your teacher, you're going to become more like. Because you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're absorbing more than just like um, skills. Skills is the, bu- is the bullshit. That's the easy stuff. It's the other stuff that they're teaching you. That's the stuff that like, you have to trust that person. So, okay, can they do it? Have they taught anybody else to do it? That's huge too, right? There's a lot of fucking freaks out there. They're freaks because like, they just get good at stuff. Like there's people that are freaks. They just get good at stuff, but they're not really good at like, um, teaching it. like transferring it, transfer. Um, and then do they have a system? Do they have a system that they can just give people that get results like that, right? Without them holding the fucking hand. That's like the third level. That's the best one. You might not always get to that point, right? It might be so cutting edge. And sometimes that like, they might not have a huge body of work for some of these teachers. But the most important thing when you're picking somebody is trusting yourself. Is trusting yourself because your intuition, that wasn't your red flag. Actually, I'm not gonna jump into it. Do I have your permission to jump into that yeah. story? Yeah,
0: of course.
1: No, no, I'm asking John. It's not oh, your shit. fucking story, Adil? I, I thought it was was you were was like, asking yeah, me. Yeah, okay, tell I thought you were asking me. me.
2: <laughs> yeah, tell us. What, are you, what are you asking?
1: Do I have your permission to like share a perspective on that? On on like a little glimpse that you gave me.
2: Yeah, go for it. Yeah, yeah.
1: That that yeah. wasn't your first red flag. That was just the one that like was the loudest that you listened to.
2: Oh no! I really—that's been part of the learning over the last couple of years. Dude, I had a funny feeling about these people months and months before I even hired, like, paid, gave them any money, and that was, you know, that was part of my—and that's how I ended up getting into the somatic stuff because it taught me that oh, I haven't been trusting my body, I haven't been feeling what's going. And what got, what saved me in the end was I started doing the somatic, and that was where the, the somatic course. I started doing this course three months after I had that ceremony with them, and dude, what came up was was it was two emotions: rage and grief. I was fucking furious. Because I, I realized that they were basically eroding my uh, girlfriend's, undermining me to my girlfriend at the time, and it was just like as the emotions started to dawn, and then I was like, "Oh, this is my body saying you need to get away from these people." So that was the big lesson that there were red flag, there were red flags dripping off these people, and I, I ignored them because I probably it was a combination of greed and insecurity and things like I wanted what they seemed to offer, you know, I thought they wow. could you know give me some kind also- of magic pill
1: also innocence bro like maybe you were never burnt mm. like that before and like it's really important nah. to forgive yourself and forgive them and thank yeah. them because if it wasn't for them that wouldn't have led you to the somatic practices that are changing your life maybe you would have still been going down some other rabbit yeah.
2: hole but, that's been a great experience
1: you know All right. yeah so, yeah
2: yeah, it's been a, it's been a really powerful. You know, you learn a lot through these kinds of experiences, and you're right. Where it's like I, I hadn't, I'd never had to deal with people like that. So I didn't even think people like that really existed. Because now it's like oh, okay, they
1: exist. A little yeah. bit
2: street, a little bit more streetwise now. Yeah, they exist.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, because they they're exemplifying the shadow elements of the magician of like the magician mm. archetype um, the shadow elements are like this dark manipulator. And it's just because they're unhealed themselves, you know, and it's like, that mm. happens to a lot of healers really, because they haven't done a lot. Like they did some of the work, right. You can tell they did some of the mm. work. They got the language. They, they, they exemplify some of it, but then like, when mm. you start going deep, they're like a, uh, they're like a deer in the headlights. They have no fucking clue. So then they start taking from marketing and they're like, fake it till you make it. That's very dangerous, especially when you're going into the world of like depth psychology, or you're going into the world of flat medicine to fake it till you make it. These shamans, like one of my shamans in Peru was drinking medicine since he was 12, 12. When I met him, he was 87 years old, 87 years old when I met him. So he was drinking medicine for 75 years. And he waited a long time before he started serving the medicine. The thing is with our culture, the Western culture, it's the McDonald's model of healing. They're like, Oh, I got the cheeseburger mm. myself. I know how to make cheeseburgers. Now <laughs> let's go. Shops open cheeseburger shops open. I'm going to order some fucking ayahuasca from Etsy. And then we're on, yeah. we're on.
3: Like, yeah. <laughs> Going back to what we were talking about before, how I was like resistance to go into the whole like law of attraction bucket, it kind of ties into this stuff. Because I feel like people, people like try to project what they don't feel themselves or like what you were talking about, people who are unhealed themselves and they try to fix it by helping others. It's like if you go on Instagram, the people... I, I'm, I'm not going to name names, but even just my personal friends in my life, like not marketers or anything, but the people who post like the most flowery spiritual quotes, they're the most superficial people I know. Yes. Like, <laughs> yep. and it's a very definite trend. And if you add some marketing skills on top of that, it can like,
1: you can pretend. Um, yeah. Everybody's playing pretend right now. You buy my bullshit. I buy your bullshit. That's our relationship. You buy my bullshit, I buy your bullshit. Then we shake hands. People even Instagram friends for
3: me, the whole idea of being spiritual, like I don't even know what that means. Like it's just life. It's just like being connected to life. Like, I don't I don't necessarily consider myself spiritual. Like it's like understanding these concepts. I feel like if you're ignoring them, you're just ignoring fundamental aspects of how reality works. Like that's not spiritual. It's just I don't
1: know <laughs> you, you need it. You need it though. You need, we need the language to like yeah. get people in also. Cause that's very important too. Like bro, if you're coming from like fucking nine to five banging a fucking hammer and like you're having a dark night of the soul, you need something that says like <laughs> spiritual, like that's your first experience, you know? <laughs> Cause, yeah. Cause like you have to remember like, not like, like I, like I experienced like a lot of darkness. Like this was very far outside my fucking thing. Like I sold Mm. crack by the time I was 16, bro. Like I was hanging out with very, 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 very violent humans by the time I was 16. And, um, so like if I, if the language wasn't there, even if it was superficial, um, you know, bro, like we all have to learn how to walk like babies. Look at Mm. babies, bro. Like, they can't fucking sprint. I can't sprint <laughs> like fucking Usain Bolt yet, but uh, but babies oh, no. definitely can. not You know, it's, it, but yeah, it's. There's a thing
2: here. I mean, on that note, like like one thing I've noticed: I grew up going to church, and and you know, so yeah, I would have been a pastor if I stayed at church. Um, That's when I was about eighteen. But what the one thing that taught me, and the people you kind of deal with, and then it pl- plays out it totally in the healing, spiritual, plant medicine stuff, is the more someone. It's like the more someone has to cultivate this spiritual image, like the clothes, the the necklaces, this whole vibe, the language. They oh I really want to be high vibe. You know, the fucking language that they use. The more they seem to cultivate (laughs) that kind of image, the more it's just like it's the more they're compensating for. And so it's like the most real people I've met are people who aren't like that at all. And so that's that to me. There's a lot of red flags you learn through these experiences, but that's a big red flag is someone's really trying to, yeah,
1: I'm very spiritual. And you got to raise your vibration, bro yeah <laughs> yeah it's the it's the same with everything right it's the mm. same with jiu-jitsu you look at the guys that come to jujitsu jitsu class that are wearing the most expensive fucking geese and like all the gear and it's just like like if yeah. they're not wearing a uniform with a belt you're like oh this dude must be a fucking black belt. and you see like a teenage girl <laughs> smashing him and you're like ah i get it i get it yeah yeah. It's the same with everything. Cause it's like, they use it. The thing is with our culture right now, currently we have like these um, like pseudo rituals, right? For example, right? Like I, I was hanging out with somebody uh, with, with a client. She has kids. I came to her house and I shook the boy's hand and the nanny goes, look him in the eyes and like shake his hand firm. And I was like, but do you know what that even means? Like, that's a trust building thing. Like, if you look me in the eyes and you shake my hand firm, like, and your chest is out, like, that's you asking for my trust and vice versa. You know what I mean? Like, that's you making an honorable, like, fucking shake that you're going to live with integrity in my presence. It's not just like the fucking pseudo ritual of like, here's the handshake or high vibes or an expensive uniform. You know what I mean? Like it's, Mm. it's pseudo. It's like the, it's, you can, you can taste that it's missing something where you have like these fucking Mm. huge CEOs fucking over millions or billions of people. They all shake hands very firmly and they look you in the eyes and then they go and do the thing behind your back that, you know, pseudo.
0: Very much so. And it's almost, I don't know if you guys have this, but um, over time you almost kind of like develop this radars and like, I don't want to be around this person. And then just kind of like slow, mm. like you just back away like, nah, I'm good. I don't want to be around here anymore. Oh sure. Um, Genuinely, it's like one of those really odd feelings that you just kind of pick up with. So real quick before we wrap up, because... Uh, well, Almost the time, which is crazy and so much fun at the same time. Um, I want to get you guys. Uh, so Roman, you actually mentioned quite a lot of work with the shadow work and uh, your new Carl Young's stuff as well. I'm curious from all of you, what would you guys recommend as the next step for people listening? Like the actual next step, what would you guys go with?
1: Breathe. Learn how to breathe. Correct your breathing dysfunction. Get your measurements. Um. They can reach out to me like once they start doing the course, Uh, I have like a free course that I give away. It's like seven days. I call it a nervous system evolution, um, start to breathe, um, get really clear on like where your breathing's at. You can get a grade. You can compare that grade to where you're at right now and where you need to be. Um, you're going to see a lot of your symptomology like, uh, disappear neck, shoulder stiffness, lower back pain, digestive issues from IBS to constipation, sleep restlessness, uh, low energy levels, mood problems, anxiety, depression, um, triggers. You're going to see a lot of triggers going down. You're going to see your recovery if you exercise going higher. Um, yeah, I mean, like just no big deal. Just like little things can improve in your life. Um, and then and then if you want more, that's just the tip.
0: So many other reasons, but I, would I like definitely. the little wink
1: there. <laughs> I'm not wearing underwear and I'm like holding on to my just the tip. Also, so
2: just the tip. <laughs> what are you wearing, by the way? It's like a, it's it's a like kimono a kimono or something. Yeah,
1: yeah it's a hand, it's a handmade Japanese kimono that I wear after I take a bath. I finished the bath earlier, so.
3: Yeah, for you man super chill for, for you. you I wear kimono yeah. sometimes when I DJ Are you DJ? yeah yeah Back. No, in I 80s.
2: DJ'd a bit I play yeah. guitar I've made produced dance music yeah yeah I did a bit of Thailand actually I haven't done it here Sick. yeah that's so cool
0: that is actually pretty cool so guys uh, any last words because we got breathing as the unanimous thing that we go with as like a great way to begin
2: um, oh i'd tell people to go and do well um you uh, like ahead. the uh, yeah if i i haven't launched my thing yet so i don't really have anywhere to send people um but, but what's uh, the domain like, yet.
0: i was gonna say this isn't gonna come out to like around november december anyway so by the time everyone's listening yeah
2: so it might be know. live by then really uh so it's co- the one? name's rage heart so like rage so it's sort of Braveheart, rage rage heart Um, I couldn't get, I'm still working on the .com at the moment, but um, the the domain I've got set up is getrageheart.com. Sounds like a bone appeal, I've been told. Get (laughs) rageheart.
1: I like it. Love it.
2: Yeah, so... (laughs) Yeah, so, literally. um, but, uh, yeah, if that's set up or if that's not really active, uh, the lady I learned all this stuff from is Irene Lyon. And I've worked with her husband one-on-one too. She, she's fantastic. Uh, it's mostly women. I think mostly women get into this stuff because women are generally more comfortable with that. The, the feeling, the feelings kind of stuff, but it's, it's incredibly powerful. Like uh, it's blown my mind. Cannot sing her praises enough. I'll tell everyone about it. So if my thing's if Rachel's not going, go check her out. Maybe you want to work with a woman more than a man anyway um i that's my advice where to start
0: by the way just do me a favor john send me the url afterwards so i can just put it in the show notes as well that'd be great um and sure. yeah. i like it of course again I like we'll, have links, art. we'll have links to everyone's yeah. stuff as well as um awesome the nervous system the nervous system evolution that roman was talking about linus you're up my brother uh for me if there's one
3: thing for people to take away it's the whole letting go thing which is pretty much all i've been talking about. Uh, and understanding that it's a skill that you can practice, you can get better at it. And the more you do it, um, the more you're going to, you're going to gain an incredible like self-awareness. You're going to understand your emotions and where your, where your thoughts and emotions come from. You're going to understand the resistances you have. Uh, you're, you're going to understand like why you haven't been able to do certain things or achieve certain goals. Uh, there's just a whole cascade of effects that happens once you've kind of figure out that piece. Uh daily Uh you can get a free little mini book that I wrote called Eight Principles of Alignment, uh, which contains all my main main stuff, uh, which is a distillation of about seven years of
0: thinking about this shit obsessively. So uh yeah. That that is probably my favorite thing about the group of people here so we're all obsessively thinkers and doers. Like I'm just gonna think about this until I get it right <laughs> or like get it to where I want it to be and just keep going. Uh,
3: and I'm just getting started. So
0: okay. it was beautiful all right guys i appreciate you all being here so very much if you're listening at home please rate review and subscribe and as always i'll send out the show notes to every single one of you guys uh links in the description below and have yourself an amazing weekend only a couple of more weeks to go until we're off there and we're done with the season finale so keep an eye out for that see you guys later beautiful